This sicha is a siyum on Mesechta Avoidah The way the Rebbe is going to explain the siyum is going to be connected to the concept of Bishul Akum, food that was cooked by a non-Jew. And the Isser of Bishul Akum, the Gemara tells us, is supported by a Pasuk in Parshas Devorim, where the Yidin are offering to buy food from the Amoirim. So let's go to the story at the end of Mesech Tavoy. The Zorah with the Gemara says, Mar Yehuda and Boti Bartuvi are sitting in front of a Persian king called Shvur Malka. A Esroig is brought in front of the king. The king takes a knife, takes a slice for himself and eats it. He then cuts off another slice for Boti Bartuvi. And then he takes the knife, sticks it ten times into the ground. This is one of the methods of kashering a knife in certain cases. And he gives it to Mar Yehuda. He slice, takes another slice and gives this slice now to Mar Yehuda. So Bati Bartuvi, the one who got the slice before the kashering of the knife, turns to the king and says, am I not Jewish? So now the Gemara has two versions of what the king responded. Version number one is, well, I was sure about Mar Yehuda that he is careful with Isurim, with prohibitions. About you, I wasn't so sure. Another opinion, what he said was, he says, why don't you remind yourself what you just did last night? And as Rashi explains, that the style was that the Persians would send women to their guests when they had guests. Mar Yehuda had refused this Persian woman, but Bati Bartuvi did not. Now, when we learn simply these two versions of what Shvur Malka said, the first opinion seems to be saying that Shvur Malka was just saying, I'm not so sure about how careful you are with Isurim. Whereas according to the second version where he says, remember what you did last night. So he, what he's telling him is that you are certainly not careful with Isur. The Rebbe says, simply these two Opinions are not actually arguing whether the story happened the previous night. The question is just what, which argument Shvur Malka used. Is he saying, I'm not cert, I'm not so certain that you're careful with Isurim? Or is he pointing out to the story of the previous night? But the question is, if in fact, according to both opinions, would say the story happened with this Persian woman the previous night, so why is the first opinion saying that Shvur Malka would have only said, I'm not certain if you're careful with Isurim, if we have the story that clearly he's not careful with Isur. Now, regarding this incident itself, according to Rashi, it would seem that Bati had actually done an Isur by being with this Persian woman. But according to Toysavis, Toysavis says clearly there was no sin, because Bati was originally a non-Jewish slave. He was partially released. He didn't get his Shtar Shichrur yet. But because of this, he was still allowed to live with a non-Jewish woman. The Rebbe asks according to Toysavis, again, according to Rashi, so he did an Isur. But according to Toysavis, if in fact Bati Bartuvi did not do an Isur because he's a, a partially freed slave, so then why is Shur Malka saying to him, remember what you did last night? He didn't do anything wrong last night. So then why didn't he kasher the knife for him? In other words, according to this, according to Toysavis, then Shur Malka has no proof that Bati Bartuvi is not careful with Isurim. Now the Rebbe continues and says, the fact that Bati actually ate from this esrog that was cut with a non-kasher knife, we can understand. 
that it was a case of pikuach nefesh. He's sitting in front of the king. The king is offering him some food. And he would consider it as a big and very offensive if Bati wouldn't take it. So we can understand why Bati ate it. But the question is regarding Shvur Malka, this non-Jewish king, but that's clear in Gemara that he was fluent in halacha. So the question is, even if Bati Bartuvi is not careful with Yisurim, is that a reason that a Persian king should cause him to do another Avera of eating from this non-kosher knife? Especially that he's going to kasher the knife anyway, stick it into the ground for Mar Yehuda. So why doesn't he do it just a few minutes earlier before giving Bati Bartuvi from the, fu- from the fruit? So in order to explain this, says the Rebbe, let's examine which Isur was on this knife, Bechlau. The way it's usually understood is that we're speaking about a knife in the Goyesha palace that would have been used with trefa food, hot trefa food, and therefore now it absorbed some of that Isur and the knife is also to use for other things as well. But, says the Rebbe, surely in a palace of a king they have plenty of utensils, plenty of silverware and so on, and there would definitely be separate knives for things like meat and things like fruit. And therefore, says the Rebbe, it's not likely that they were using actually a knife that had absorbed non-kosher meat or other trefas into it. Rather, it's a knife that was designated for fruit. So what Isur did it have? The Isur it had, explains the Rebbe, was the Isur of Bishulakum. That it would be used for fruits that were cooked. Obviously, fruits that need to be cooked and that are changed by cooking and there was something, um, something sharp about it. And therefore, there's a problem with the knife now that it absorbed some of Bishul Akum. Going back again to the beginning of the Sikha, that's the connection to this Parsha, that there's a Pasuk in the Parsha where we learn out, or we have a support for the concept of Bishul Akum. Says the Rebbe, if this is the way we understand the story, all of our questions will now be understood. When Shvur Malka says to him, remember what you did last night, in other words, that he's referring to the story of him being with this Persian woman, so let's now examine what is the Isur of Bishulakum. Why did the Chacham make the Gzair of Bishulakum? It's in order that you shouldn't be having food, meals, feasts with Goyim, so that you shouldn't intermarry with them. So now let's look again at Toysvah Sarashi. According to Toysvah that we said, Bati was actually allowed to be with a non-Jewish woman because of his Evid's, because he's partially an Evid. So there's no room for a Gzaira against Bishul Akum. If the whole point of Bishul Akum is that you shouldn't marry a non-Jewish woman, but if he's allowed to marry a non-Jewish woman, there shouldn't be a problem with him having Bishul Akum. That's what Shurmalka is telling him. There's no need for me to kasher it for you. According to Rashi that says, in fact, he did sin by living with a non-Jewish woman. So what Shurmalka is telling him, if you don't even care about living with a non-Jewish woman, what's the point of being careful with Bishul Akum? If the point of Bishul Akum is only to make sure that you don't marry a non-Jewish woman. Now the Rebbe continues and says, the question we asked earlier, why does the first opinion say that Shurmalka only says, I'm not sure if you're careful with Isur, why didn't he tell him, remember what you did last night? So the Rebbe says, in truth, we know there are two reasons for Bishulakum. One is what we said before, not intermarrying. The other is that there's a concern, if you're going to eat with a guy, he might feed you something that's non-kosher, something treif. Says the Rebbe, we can now look at these two opinions of the Gemara of what Shvur Malka said, is really going according to these two opinions of what the Isra of Bishulakum is. According to the opinion, that the second opinion of the Gemara, that says, he says, remember what you did last night. 
So that fits with what we just said before. The Isra is because of, the Isra Bishulakum is because of intermarriage. And therefore, there's no point of not having the Bishulakum, what Shur Malka is saying, as we said before, according to Rashi. You don't even care about living with non-Jewish women. So why should we care about Bishul Akum? Or according to Taisvis, if you're allowed to live with a non-Jewish woman, you're also allowed to eat a Bishul Akum. But the first opinion that Shur Malka just said to him, I don't, I'm not certain if you're careful with Yisurim, is going according to the opinion that the whole problem with Bishul Akum is because we're concerned that he's going to feed him, that he's going to end up feeding him non-kosher food. And therefore, just by saying that Bati was with a Persian woman is still not a, is still not going to explain that Bishul Akum shouldn't apply to him because they're two separate things completely. In other words, the reason for Bishul Akum is that he shouldn't come to feed him non-kosher food. And that's why this opinion doesn't say anything about living with non-Jewish women. What this opinion says is that the king said to him, I'm not sure whether you're careful with Isurim with non-kosher food. But there's still a problem. Just because Shur Malka is not sure if he's careful, is that a reason to cause him to, to have another Isur? So the Rebbe says, the explanation is, generally a king is not allowed to do work in front of other people. In other words, it's not Kavad HaMelech. So therefore, as a result of Kavad HaMelech, he was actually not allowed to do work to stick the knife into the ground for them. So why is he doing it for Mar Yehud? And, and he says, because I'm certain that he is not going to have an Isur. Says the Rebbe, it's a little different to what we said, we said before. We're not speaking about that he's not sure if Rabbi Yehuda would, he's sure that Rabbi Yehuda wouldn't eat Isurim. And Bati, I'm not sure whether he would eat Isur. What he's sure about Rabbi Yehuda is that he's not going to eat something that's problematic, even if there's a situation of Pikuach Nefesh. In other words, we said that Bati ate it because he was concerned the king would be upset. So it's a, a question of Merida Bamalchus. His life might be in the line. But, the king realizes that Mari Yehuda would not even eat it, even if it was a, a danger to his life. And that's why he goes and sticks it in the ground for him that he should be able to eat it. Whereas again, he's not about Bati, he's not even sure whether Bati would care enough about that to be Moisar Nefesh, and that's why he's not allowed to stick it in the ground for him, because of Kavad HaMelech. And the Rebbe finishes over the very strong Hirah in Avoides Hashem. You have two Yidin sitting in front of the king, one of them is afraid, and he eats from the fruit that the king cut with a knife that wasn't kosher. And he even has excuses, this pikuach nefesh and all of that. He's not the one that gets all the respect from the king. The second person, the king is sure he's not going to touch the Esau, even if his life is going to be, if he's even is going to lose his life, he's going to insult the king and all of that. And nevertheless, not only doesn't he lose favor in the eyes of the king, on the contrary, the king gives up on his own covet and his own honor and assists the seed. He doesn't even call one of his misharsim uh, to do it. But he himself sticks the knife in the ground because when a goy sees that a yid a year stays away from Yisurim, he sees it as an honor for himself to assist the seed so that the yid should be able to do everything in the most perfect way, in the most hidradic way, and by acting in this way, we also come, this is the story, the end of Avayda we come to the Siyam, to finishing off all in Yonim Avayda all Avayda Zarahs of the world, at the time when Vahoya Hashem Lamelech Al-Kala Aretz, Bekarev Mamash.